Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Yeah, it's been a, a great trip down here in Florida. Thanks to Shoppers John Deere. We had a good dinner last night. Yeah. In which we ran into Damon Amanda Lara of all people. In yeah, that Florida. was weirder. That was even weirder. At the time, you were like, wow, that was a big coincidence. And I was like, nah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, the guy that the guy that we hear every morning is a lead in. Well, Monday through Wednesday is a lead into our show because he does the CBS national show. So for the first from five a.m. to six a.m., he's on the air. We just ran, run into him into this tiny little Ecuadorian restaurant in yes. South Florida, and uh, and I was I was nonplussed. I, was like, eh, <laughs> I didn't know whatever. <laughs> we could have gone to a hundred different restaurants. We're in Florida. That would have been random if we met him like a, a like a fifty yards from the station. But yeah. we're like in Florida. Yeah. So Damon Amanda Lart. Well, it was funny the way it played out. And and for those who don't listen super duper early, Da is our lead in on the days where Captain Mickey's not on. He does the CBS Sports Radio show in the mornings on the network. He's really good, and he's a good guy. Yeah. Um. He and he's got a distinct look. He's got. If you look at it, he's got almost caricature-like features as far as his smile goes. He's got, like, because I've got big teeth, but a gigantic head to go along with it. <laughs> yeah, I feel he's got like a Damon's head. got, like, my size teeth in a, in a and a smaller head. head. Yeah, I mean, he, his, his logo is, a, like, one of those... It's boardwalk, a caricature. One of those boardwalk artist caricatures of his face. And so we're, I'm just eating. I got my head down. I'm eating. And we're out to dinner. Me, you, Parker Hillis, our boss, and Adam Spillane. And Parker kind of leans over to me and goes, some guy walked in who looks just like Damon Amanda Lara. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's a distinct look. Like, that's- and I heard Danny Amendola. So the first two <laughs> minutes of the conversation was very confusing. It was really – I was like, I was like, oh, we should ask him about – we need to ask him about Casario. And that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. He's like, is he the one or Julian Edelman? Seth leans in. He goes, is he the one or, or is it Julian Edelman who said that Casario's a little uptight? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't listened to that it's much Damon Amandalara. Interesting equivalency there. I, I always get Julian Edelman and Damon Amandalara confused. Everybody does. So once we cleared up that uh, it was it was not Danny Amandola, and that Damon Amandalara is not from the Woodlands. No, right. Then, uh, Damon, then we were figured out. So then yeah. the person who it was that Parker points out is standing waiting to go into the restroom I'm like oh no that's Damon Amandalara right yeah. there so we, we chatted with him for a while he was 
he was mesmerized and fascinated with some of our stories from on the ground with our football team the last few yeah, years. Yeah, he's intrigued by the turnaround and, and public perception of the Texans. Because yeah. he's, he's like anybody else outside of Houston. He hasn't had to follow every excruciating detail and twist and turn, uh, but he sees it from afar. And the, the hire of D'Amico was a... A big surprise to him. Big surprise. I got a little. I got a little. I don't know if you could tell that I got. A, I, I bowed up a little bit when he he did ask, kind of like, well, so why would D'Amico choose the Texans? And I said, well, listen here, Bucko. Yeah. Yeah. And you handed you and you said, get out your phone and you sent him a link to your twenty five minute YouTube manifesto. <laughs> yeah. About, on why D'Amico should be the head. Coach yeah. As everybody around team. the world was saying, there's no way in hell D'Amico would come to Houston. Uh, I explained exactly why. You got he the would. receipts. You yeah. got the receipts to prove it. So that was cool, man. It's been a it's been a really fun trip. Speaking of D'Amico Ryan's and Nick Casario, here was Nick Casario earlier this week in his session with the media at the NFL Combine on what it's been like working with D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, no, it's been awesome. You know, he was going back and forth there a little bit. So uh, the first week kind of got a little taxed. But he's been very, uh, very open-minded, very thoughtful. Um, we kind of take our time. Really want to think through decisions as we assemble the coaching staff. That was a big part of it. Have a few candidates here. Talk to a number of different candidates. All right, let's, you know, we want to sleep on it. Give it some thought. All right, and then come back. All right, yeah, that makes sense. What about this? He's very open-minded. Uh, we have a lot of open communication. There's been a lot of dialogue. Um, we actually met as a staff yesterday offensively and defensively. We kind of went through their evaluation. We gave them some free agents to look at. So wanted to hear the staff's thoughts. D'Amico has his thoughts. I have my thoughts. And we're really going to try to blend everything together here as we're going through. So he's been great. I mean, everything that I think that I heard or knew about him beforehand has come to fruition. And he is who he is. So I think that's the one thing you want to see. Like the things you experience during an interview process then you actually see him firsthand up close and personal, and it kind of matches. So it's been great. I mean, the honeymoon period is probably over here a little bit. Now we got some work to do. But, you know, it's been a lot of fun to come in the office. Um, the staff has been great to work with to this point. So we know we have a lot of work in front of us. Nothing's going to happen overnight. But, I mean, it's, great. it's been great to have him around. It really has. We'll, we'll hear from D'Amico in a second because I want to talk about the collaboration part yeah. of this and, and what they've done together so far As I'm listening to that. And as I listen to Nick and I listen to Nick's voice and I watch him in the press conference Tuesday and just having kind of watched him operate since they hired D'Amico, he definitely seems like he's got a little more pep in his step with the D'Amico hire. What I wonder is when Nick took this job, yeah. I mean, obviously his own words on our show, massive undertaking, he knew it was going to be a while to turn this thing around. I wonder who he had in mind when he took this job as to who the coach would be, to eventually right, execute what his right, vision was, because it yeah. probably wasn't D'Amico Ryan. You know, if there's one thing that I, I maybe is undersold sometimes about the Patriots' reasons for success, I think it. I think one huge thing is their adaptability. You know, I mean, their defensive scheme has has changed considerably over the years, back and forth between a four three and a three four, um, based on what their personnel is and trends in the league. Their offense would change. You know, the the Tom Brady offense, it wasn't really any consistently themed offense other than that they figured out what worked and by the middle of the season they kinda got rolling with it. So I think the adaptability, including with what kind of personnel work with each other, is something that Nick was probably open to. It's a good question, though. Like If, if he envisioned what he would ultimately really like to work with, I think that D'Amico and Belichick at least share some things in common in terms of really not 
w- trying real hard not to worry about any of the extraneous stuff. Yeah. I think Belichick's a little bit more prone to some of these weird head games and things. And I think maybe some of it is he just holds a grudge at times. D'Amico's not like that at all. Like, like I wouldn't see him partaking in that. But I do think that they're so they're both very, very focused individuals. And when you start talking about a GM and a head coach having a relationship, the thing that creates the soap opera drama is when you've got one or two individuals in that relationship that just somewhere along the way, like anybody in any bad relationship, just can't let something go or starts needing credit or starts holding a grudge. And I always think back to Bill O'Brien on the Zoom call yelling presumably what looked like, that's your pick, Jack. Yeah. And that, that just always sticks out in my head. is like John Grenard pick. Yeah, yeah. like what kind of... Like that just feels like oh that's somebody that brings up old stuff in conversations. That's like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna file this away and it better work out because I'm gonna bring it up again. Well, um, it's somebody who motivates through fear also. Yeah, and, and or fear's just not a bad thing, but fear and intimidation. Yeah, or just like a, a way too combative for no yeah. reason whatsoever. You know, like that's your like we're having a disagreement. It doesn't have to turn into hey I'm keeping score by the way. Yeah, right. Um, and I think that both Casario and D'Amico have an ability to set their egos aside and and understand that the other guy's going to screw up. That's one of the biggest things. Like, first, got to be able to understand that you yourself are going to screw up in life. And then after you do that, you are you can accept and understand that, like, oh, yeah, other people are going to screw up too. Yeah. Like, an ability to understand that, uh, and that's where it's hard sometimes with football coaches, or coaches in general are wired to be perfectionists. So understanding how to pull back the perfectionism a little bit mm. and realize like, oh, okay, yeah, we're all going to screw up. We just got to keep on the same path and moving forward. That's how you end up having good relationships. Like like Sean Payton, I did feel Sean Payton as much uh, as I've had fun talking smack about him. Um, people felt, people kept thinking that Sean Payton needed to have total control. And... And it didn't make sense to me because he and Mickey Loomis had a very good and healthy relationship for 15 years in New Orleans. And they ran into their share of issues and troubles and bad signings. But when you can set aside your ego, and John Payton's got a big ego, but he's able to set aside his ego to not hold a grudge for stuff like that. Like, that's what this strikes me as with D'Amico and, and Casario. So that's, that's what I get excited about. Because, like, frankly, between, you know, I think with Rick Smith and Gary Kubiak, you had one guy in that relationship that probably couldn't set aside his ego all that much. Bill O'Brien and Rick Smith, two guys that couldn't set aside their egos. Uh, Bill O'Brien and Brian Gain, one guy who couldn't set aside his ego. Jack Easterby and Nick Casario, because that was a weird, like Jack Easterby was a co-GM or whatever he was. He couldn't set aside his ego, but like he is his ego. That's his whole thing. But God, there's nothing I hate more than somebody who like, acts like they're out to help the universe and they're all about themselves. Yeah, yeah. When you talk to somebody like that and they talk about themselves for an hour straight, yeah. Um, because the, the chances are Casario probably had more of a checklist in mind than a specific face in mind. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when he took the GM job, he had probably more of a, a code. Like these are the boxes I want a coach to check. And D'Amico checks a lot of those boxes. I think can, similarly – because I think people wondered with D'Amico, too, if, boy, if D'Amico comes here, what does that mean for Nick Casario? I think similarly, D'Amico probably didn't have, like, a specific couple of people in mind he'd want to work with as a GM. Maybe he did. I yeah. don't know. But more, more along the lines of, 
I want my GM. I, I want to work with a guy who operates this way or thinks this way. Yeah. Or is, you know that kind of thing. And Nick checked those boxes for him because D'Amico had options. Right. Right. Yeah. D'Amico had probably more options than any guy in That's this right. in this cycle. I I think the the other comparison I would make that makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. as far as what kind of coach is D'Amico like. I mean AJ Hinch in a lot of ways because he's a, he's a former player who I think. You know, AJ Hinch was an actual psychology major, whereas D'Amico, yeah. I think, just understands the psychology of guys and relates to players very well. But they both have an appreciation for the scientific side of things and the analytical side of things. Yeah. So they become that perfect conduit for a GM like Nick, you know, That's and a good comparison. You know, and Nick's way more, you know, ingrained in the game than Jeff Luna was. He's not an outsider. But there is that part of him that's Hyper analytical, you know, like I think like Jeff Bruno, yeah, absolutely. So that part of it, um, that part of it, I like. I like. There are some things the Texans are doing that look a lot more like the Astros now than they used to. Now that's interesting because yeah. Casario's brought up the Astros a few times. Yeah, with this. I mean, it's how like how could you not? Uh, yeah, you know, totally. Well, I mean, what? if you're Bill O'Brien, you would think <laughs> <laughs> it's a football town. <laughs> now, if you're gonna if you're gonna make if they're gonna be more like Astros. Um, you might make an argument for Bryce Young, given Jose Altuve's success. The difference yeah. is that, the difference is the Texans paid ten thousand dollars for Altuve to acquire Altuve. <laughs> the Astros, it was at fifteen thousand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. uh, it was it was very little. It was money. little. Yes. Yeah, it was very. It was much money. less than a uh, number two overall pick. It definitely was. Yeah. It was definitely was. Yeah, he had to come back a second day because they told him to go away the first time. Yeah, yeah, they tried to send him home. <laughs> yeah, with his sack. Can you lunch. imagine? Can you imagine, like of all the what ifs, can you imagine? Let's hear from D'Amico Ryans. Here's D'Amico Ryans on what he learned from Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch in San Francisco. I learned from their relationship with John and Kyle that to do things and to be successful in this league, it's all about collaboration. It's about putting egos to the side. It's about truly working together, GM, head coach, but also coaching staff, scouting staff. It's everybody being together. Everybody's opinion matters right making sure everybody is inclusive of what we're trying to do and the players we're trying to bring in so that is definitely a style that myself and nick that's how we operate right we're meeting every morning making sure we're on the same page we're making sure our coaches our scouting department everybody's on the same page everybody is in collaboration to make sure we can be our best okay so where have we seen seth where have you seen evidence so far of the collaboration between D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario? I think that um, the collaboration, I don't know if we'll see the evidence for it until after a year or two because um, the, like, you don't, if they take a defensive player, I think people are going to think, like, oh, good, he let, they let uh, D'Amico get his guy. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. If they take a quarterback, they might, people are going to want to frame it as, well, you know, Casario on his quarterback. And I don't think that's necessarily the case yeah. either. I think a lot of it just has to come into, like, the way they're operating right now, the coaches staying back home. Yeah. That's, that's like an understanding that, hey, let's let the personnel guys do their thing. And we'll let the coaches a learn how to what co- what they're going to be coaching right. and b like look at the more immediate and pressing concern, which is free agents that they might sign. So collaboration's been a buzzword, though. So we've collaboration. Yeah. Collaboration is to these two maybe what alignment was to Brian Gain and Bill O'Brien. Yeah, they hopefully, wanted alignment. Hopefully, yeah. this works out better than that. Um, what are the other ones? Collaboration, uh, swarm. Swarm. Nick is Nick has been indoctrinated into swarm. 
He I liked, forget what SWARM stands for. SWARM stands for... Um, we, we're very impressed with what Special Work Ethic and Relentless Mindset. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Casario, Casario references it. Here was Casario referencing it the other day. Yeah, you're looking at the profile of the player, and sometimes it's some non-football-related things, like their work ethic, their mindset, how do they take coaching, their willingness to improve. Is the player actually committed to being great? So D'Amico's talked about this, the SWARM mindset, that whole mentality. So that's going to be pervasive throughout the organization. So more types of people and more types of players we get in a building with that mindset then it'll give ourselves a better chance hopefully how important football is to the person matters this is your full-time job this is a full-time commitment and honestly it's a year-long endeavor so are you committed to actually doing that when the season's over what do you do what's your process do you have a routine that's in place what are you doing to proactively recover there's so many things along the way and when you look at some of the great players over the course of our league and history i mean everybody obviously talks about how great of a player tom is but everything that tom put into being a great player sometimes isn't talked enough about. So players like Tom, players like Jerry Rice, we're talking about arguably two of the best players in their position, but there's a reason that they had such longevity. So not everybody is, is wired that way. So are there players that have those traits and characteristics? They're out there. Our job is to kind of find them. Yeah, that, that part too. Like I would disagree with him in that people haven't talked about Tom Brady's work ethic enough. I feel like that's like the A number one thing that they bring up. Like sometimes while diminishing his actual accuracy. So I but I do think that is the the big challenge is identifying those guys. Where forever the Texans would bring in high character guys. And it would turn into like, yeah, these guys are they're I guess they're high character because they're nice to their mothers and they help little old ladies across the street, but they're kinda wimps on the football yeah, field. Yeah, they sure could be meaner <laughs> like, on the yeah, field. Like so, you know, you can do both. Like Ronnie Lott was a perfect gentleman off the field, but a monster on the field. Like that's what you want to find is that football character. Tobiko Ryan. Yeah, yeah, Honestly. exactly. Right, right. That's exactly <laughs> the kind of guy you want to find. And I think that they're you're yeah, you know what? You're exactly right. D'Amico Ryan's is the kind of the prototype for the kind of guy you want on your team. He shouldn't say that in a team meeting. <laughs> he shouldn't get up awesome. like this is guys, this is what we're looking for. Guys like me. You know, and then shows D'Amico Ryan's highlights. He just yeah. he just clicks. He didn't even say his name. We're looking for a guy like this. That's a that's a Russell Wilson move. Oh, that's totally. what they said in that article is that Russell Wilson would have these meetings on on the off day. He'd bring the offense in and a lot of times it just turned into Russell Wilson going down memory lane, uh, showing highlights God. from the Seahawks. Remember when I was good, guys? Did you ever see this on TV Dude, when I was good? I yeah. need I need Broncos on Hard Knocks this year. Yeah, I need to see that. I Sean, need to see- it will not happen because huh? Sean Payton can disallow it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. First year head coach. Damn. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> um, so collaboration swarm. They both talk a lot too about about uh, focusing on the like accentuating the strengths of the players. Yeah, what you know? the guys can do and yeah. not what they can't. And you're you're hearing that a lot. From I've I've heard this from a lot of coaches, you know, especially the guys at the top of the draft, like Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, have talked about, you know, look, the scheme is going to be what fits the quarterback, and I think that's where the league is headed. It's less, including with the Kubshanistan, the Kubshanistani offense doesn't need a really athletic quarterback, obviously. Like Matt Schaub did well with it, but there is. Um, there is that element where I think it's hard for a coach to look at a quarterback who can run and not think, wow, this opens up yeah. a whole lot. In that you know? offense, <laughs> really yeah, like, sure. and now, and it's, I think it's more and more now that because of the RPO, it used to be, it used to be, there were some offenses predicated on play action 
where you think like, oh wow, if they had like a if they had a guy like well RG three in Washington yeah. before he got injured, yep. um, or somebody like that, imagine what they could do with it. And they just it it didn't match up all that often or all that well. Now almost everybody in the league because the RPO and because zone reads and everything have become so acceptable and uh, and known. Now, like everybody looks at athletic quarterbacks. Like you look at a non-athletic quarterback, and all you can think about is like, man, like that's a whole. It's like sections of my playbook that we can't run, yeah, yeah, or for sure. that are less effective. Yep. So it's hard to look at a guy like Mac Jones and really feel like, oh yeah, that's a boy. I can really envision how awesome we can be. It, it, it it's hard to do. You can see why you get sucked in by Trey Lance yeah. in, in a situation like that. All right, um, Dana Brown, GM of the Astros, he had a one-on-one with uh, Adam Spillane. Yesterday, major injury updates. Well, major updates on injuries. <laughs> the injuries aren't major, we hope. Um, but updates on some of the, the key players on the Astros. That's what was making the rounds yesterday. And would Dana Brown think about doing an 8- to 10-year deal on an extension for one of his players? We'll hear from the Astros GM next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.